Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Breakfast special. Welcome to the Breakfast Show's Environment Special Climate Connections. Imagine using the DNA sequencing of a leaf, stone, flower, or feather to create authentic color pigments, and then turning those pigments into dyes for your clothes. Well, that's actually not just an imagination, because one UK startup called Colorifics is on a mission to make textile dyes more sustainable. And its chief operating officer, Christopher Hunter, explains that they do that by replacing chemical methods with microbial fermentation. Our founders, Jim and Orr, were working on a water quality project 10 years ago in conjunction with the University of Cambridge, where Jim was an associate professor and Orr was working for him as a postdoc. The project was focused on using biological sensors to detect chemical contaminants in the water. And as they worked, they asked people about the source of those chemicals. And everyone kept saying textiles, textiles, textiles. So they decided to pivot from making detection tools into trying to solve the source of the problem itself. And that was the genesis of Colorifics. After a couple of years of working in the lab, Jim and Orr found a way to use bacteria to grow pigment and also to use the bacteria to transfer that pigment onto textiles. And at that point, they filed a patent in 2016, and then they received their first funding in 2018, and it's grown from there. In today's fast fashion world, clothes fly off the rack at an almost unimaginable speed. Research has found that the value of this market worldwide stands at over 143 billion Singapore dollars in 2022. And that's forecast to rise considerably in the following years to possibly hit 250 billion Singapore dollars. But have you wondered what drives sales success within the fashion industry? Color. Before consumers feel the fabric, try on for size, or consider the manufacturing processes, it's color preference that impacts the eye. But behind this glowing fashion industry, a darker truth lurks within. Dyes are an essential part of the textile and fashion industries, and the majority of dyes today are made out of fossil fuel chemicals. So if you visit these garment factories, you'd realize thick ink-like water flows through rivers surrounding them, a toxic soup of chemicals discarded from synthetic dye processes. It isn't just the dyes, it's also the auxiliary chemicals that are used to adhere the dyes to the textiles. Both contain toxic chemicals and our process, the colorifics process, displaces both. So contained within these products are substances such as chromium, lead, and formaldehyde. And in certain textile dyeing regions, these chemicals are released directly into rivers and, and other waterways. So this can affect aquatic life by poisoning organisms such as fish and preventing photosynthesis by blocking sunlight. And obviously people are also reliant on the water as well. So they too can be impacted health-wise. And in addition to that, it can hurt farming communities by lowering soil productivity. So lots of impacts really. Inspired by their study of water contamination in Nepal, the founders of Colorifics devised an innovative solution that's derived from nature itself. 
Just as brewing beer uses the power of microorganisms to ferment wheat, Colorifix is harnessing microscopic life to make natural fabric dyes. We find a color in nature, a color of interest, and rather than extracting pigment directly from a living organism, which is what people did for millennia before the age of synthetic dyes, instead what we do is we just take the message contained within the DNA of the living organism that encodes it to make a certain color a certain way. And we then insert that message into a microorganism, E. coli or yeast, for example, and we optimize the process by adapting what we feed the microorganism and the fermentation conditions, amongst other things. And the great thing is that most of this information relating to DNA is already contained within databases, so we don't need to go out into nature to DNA sequence everything. We just find the information, and then buy the base parts of the DNA, assemble them and put them into the microorganisms to grow the pigment for us. The fermentation times are kind of roughly kind of 12 hours at a time to do a batch of microorganisms. And there are different batch sizes. We work with different scales of fermenter, depending on the client needs. The process sounds simple enough, but Christopher says it's no mean feat trying to harness the power of the natural world to color our clothing in a more sustainable way. Specifically on the scientific side, some of the genetic pathways to make color are more complicated than others. Some contain a small number of genes and some contain more than 20 genes. So that can mean that the color development process can be anywhere from, say, a few weeks up to many months. Also, beyond that, there are other things. For instance, we don't just make the colors or the color-producing strains in the microorganisms. We also make the machines to grow the colors. These are fermenting machines, also known as bioreactors. So that comes with its own set of challenges in terms of the design, the development, manufacturing of these machines. And then we also make the food to feed the microorganisms, again, which comes with a similar set of challenges. So there's lots to take on in the product development category, let's call it. And then beyond that, changing behavior in an industry that hasn't changed for a long time and how it does things isn't entirely straightforward, but we're actually very happy with how that's gone so far. There's not been much resistance. There's a lot of interest in what we're doing. And we're already working with a number of commercial dye houses across different stages of dyeing, ones that dye yarns and ones that dye fabrics and ones that dye garments. And we're starting to do printing. Beyond product development, cost is often a key consideration when this Earthshot Prize finalist thinks about ways of scaling up the business. The cost savings will depend on what we're comparing against because our process is always the same, whereas conventional processes of dyeing vary quite widely. So therefore, 
our relative cost will vary quite a lot. So to give you a bit more of an idea, when we're comparing ourselves against dyeing synthetic fibers in Europe, we're already cost competitive in certain places. Whereas if you were to compare us against dyeing cotton in Asia right now, we're still a fair bit more expensive, say 150% more expensive. However, we know we can bring this right down by engineering the microorganisms to produce more pigments, which is one thing that we're working on, and also by sourcing our inputs at lower costs through getting to scale. So we expect that within the next two to three years, we can compete on costs in all regions and ultimately win on cost because we know that's what it's going to take to reach the type of scale and create the type of impact that we would like to create. So the way that we now make it really have an impact is by getting it out into the industry and trying to implement the technology on as many customer sites as possible. And that is the mission of the company over the next few years. So far, we've been pretty focused on Europe and we're active on customer sites in Portugal and Italy. But in the years to come, we're going to start expanding a lot more into Asia, which is where a lot of the dyeing industry is based. This was Climate Connections on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.